0: It is another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, sidekick, former broadcaster. Maintenance. Um, Boy, I think back to uh, when I was still working in the broadcasting industry. We used to have a company that would come out and maintain the broadcasting towers. Those big sticks, you see, sticking up out of the ground all over the place. Uh, A lot of electricity goes through them. They have to be taken care of. Our, our refrigerator needs servicing. Our car needs servicing. These are all maintenance items, right, Ron? And, you know,
1: this industry grinds on underneath the radar. But it is absolutely huge, and it's consistent. So you have to be spending money on maintenance all the time. I mean, and if you don't, your society falls apart, your your Personal finances fall apart. If you're you're in a business, it falls apart. You know, I was just looking at a company like a good example of that is Pemex, which is Mexico's national oil company. The company was producing 3.4 million barrels of oil a day 20 years ago. But then the government took it over, and, of course, the government used it as a cash cow. They sucked money out of it all the time, and they didn't put money back in. And currently, production has fallen by about 50%. And you need to be finding about 10% more oil every year just to replace the stuff that uh, you're pumping out of the ground and you aggressively have to maintain your transportation, your refining, your drilling, your infrastructure, because oil is caustic stuff. And if you're not putting the money back in, then all of a sudden Mexico is finding that their cash cow is not producing nearly as much money and they just seemed so reluctant to be able to spend the money to, to, to push that up. And if you're not doing your maintenance, things fall apart. If you want to see maintenance done right, go to places like Japan or Singapore. And these places are just spotless, and everything just seems to work flawlessly.
0: Well, there you go. Mexico taking over the government. Another prime example of governments shouldn't get involved in certain things. I'm sorry, I don't want to get political, but... Keep your hands off. Okay, let's talk about what a big market it is, Ron. It um, well, we talk about infrastructure, that's part of this, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and you look at how big infrastructure is. The United States only spends about half to one percent of their annual GDP on infrastructure. China spends almost 5% of GDP on infrastructure. Now, you can't compare apples to oranges because China was poor 30 years ago, and they've had to spend a lot more money to come out of it. But the United States spending, uh, for example, half to 1% a year on fixing things and building things out, uh, they rank a D plus, which is not very impressive for a country with the amount of uh, wealth and financial resources they have. And still, the United States... Uh, produces about 20% of the world's gross domestic product. And so, you know, you just start looking at these numbers and you realize how massive maintenance and repair fixing things really is. And, you know, you look at a company, a company that's in the top couple of percent might spend 10% of their budget on research and development. Most spend a couple of percent on research and development, but we'll give them a, a generous a number because most like i say spend way less which means that they're spending 90% or more just on maintaining the infrastructure and business model that they presently have so the resources spent on maintenance and uh, realistically outstrips the dollars spent on developing something new even in the very best of companies by 9 to 1 and it's probably about 50 to 1 for most companies so maintenance is a big, big, big part of, of national and corporate expenses
0: and even personal expenses. So we look at and, it, and a lot of statistics here to back this up, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at, the, you. if you you have a building, the maintenance on a building is 1% to 2% of the replacement costs on the structure. Maintenance on manufacturing facilities, because the machines that to make things, they wear out is 2 to 4% annually, and maintenance on medical equipment, like at a hospital, runs 5 to 6% a year. Oil and gas, refining infrastructure, their maintenance costs are even much higher than that based on the corrosive nature of the stuff they have. So, yeah, uh, you know, the the amount that has to be spent, we're talking not just billions, we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars just to maintain what we have.
0: And here's one we could all relate to. If you live somewhere in Canada that gets exposed to winter, potholes.
1: We have a little over 1 million kilometers of public roads in Canada, 13% which are rated in poor condition. And I've ridden a lot of those roads. <laughs> yes, and so have
0: that,
1: I. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say 13% probably understates it, Gord. Some places, the roads are pretty bad. Cold temperatures in Edmonton alone, so let's get right down to uh, a micro example. Uh, The coal produces roughly about 455,000 potholes in Edmonton each year, which needs to be fixed. I went through Edmonton's website, and I was looking to see how much a pothole repair costs. I couldn't find one for Edmonton, but I found one for Toronto. So we're making the assumption here that the price difference isn't that great, and Toronto spends about $25 per pothole repair per year
0: so that's so, the guys that's got the shovel out and is putting the black top in or whatever and the product itself and the crew that's there to, to get the job done so 25 bucks a pothole well if you have four hundred and fifty-five thousand of them that's a lot of money
1: yeah i mean in edmonton alone i have figured that pothole repairs alone in edmonton probably cost about 10 million a year and we're not talking repaving ropes we're just talking about fixing potholes You know, so you start looking at just some of these subsectors and you realize that, wow, you know, maybe this is a sector that I need to spend a little more time looking at because the opportunities here, you know, this is a hidden opportunity because the the amount of money we spend in this sector is in the trillions. It's enormous. So
0: there's a money trail there, isn't there?
1: (laughs) There's definitely. And if you're an investor, the best advice I can ever give you is follow the money.
0: Okay, let's take a look at some examples of maintenance companies, and and it's such a broad spectrum area. Uh, let's try to narrow it down to a handful here as an example.
1: Yeah, we just want to give a few examples of place for you to start doing your homework, or if you're thinking about it, Quanta. That's a big U.S. company. The symbol is PWR. They trade in New York. Quanta installs and repairs electrical power systems and energy infrastructure. You know, those big power lines you see uh, uh, across the landscape when you go for a drive in the country, uh, well, guess who's one of the biggest players to fix this stuff, these big electrical generating stations that get put in uh, with, that need repair. Uh, the catalysts for growth are really long-term as our economy switches Uh to uh, an electrical, renewable one over the next 20, 30 years. So uh, this stock is up 555% in the last five years. <laughs>
0: that even makes the French luxury goods look like paupers. Yeah, the, you know,
1: <laughs> people think that you have to own uh, stuff that you can't pronounce with no earnings, <laughs> no sales, to get, to get high returns. Well, this is a pretty pedestrian company. And it's had, uh, it's had amazing returns.
0: That's incredible. Um, well, I mean, electrical stuff, I mean, it's it's a, a, on everybody's tip of their tongue these days, right? So
1: Yeah, and and the, the demand growth is amazing. The stock's 47. I mean, it's uh, not cheap here. It's got a dividend of 0.15%. But, you know, it's been a high grower.
0: Well, this next one, Ron, is a name that I think some people might have heard of before, Sintas. They've been around for a long time, and they're, well, they supply a lot of cleaning materials and things, don't they? Uniforms, mats, box, cleaning and restroom supplies, first aid
1: equipment, fire extinguishers, safety courses, uh, symbols CTAS, trades on the NASDAQ. Uh, their PE is 45. They yield 0.8%. And here again, another five-year eye-popping growth rate. Who'd ever thought a company that supplies clean uniforms to companies could grow at 203% their share price in five years?
0: That's just. These are just staggering numbers, and uh, I hope you folks out there that are listening to making money are paying attention here. This, there's something going on here. First Services Corporation. Well, service is the is the key word there. What do they provide?
1: FSB. Well, they've got two divisions. The first one is that uh, they provide um, mechanical services. They've got two major divisions: Paul Davis Restorations which uh, I'm not sure everybody's heard of, but I think virtually everybody's heard of Serta Pro Painters. And their other division is uh, they look after, they do property management, which means that for uh, apartments, they collect monthly condominium fees, they do maintenance. First service provides residential and commercial property management to customers, and uh, they've grown across Canada and the United States. Five-year growth rate on this stock, 90%. And they've got a yield of half a
0: percent. Full disclosure, I uh, had a flooded basement a few years back. Paul Davis did the restoration down there. So they they, they are around in, in this particular market. Waste management. Oh, boy, this is hot off people off the press because of the recent golf tournament down in Phoenix, which turned into a bit of a drunken fiasco. But they're the sponsors of it, and, and they have been... You know, they, they talk about it during the trip. The, the work these people do is remarkable, Ron. It's like they're so big into recycling now. They're not just hauling garbage anymore.
1: No, and that's really what gives them their, uh, their growth. I mean, the stock, the symbol of waste management is WN. They trade in New York. They've got 250 landfill sites, 300 transfer stations, and, you know, garbage is something you never think about unless uh, your your city's sanitation department goes on strike or do you go to a, a third-world country where there's trash left in the streets. You know, currently 10% of the revenue comes from recycling, but that's growing dramatically every year. As garbage dumps fill up and land for them becomes harder to acquire, recycling is expected to grow explosively. Stock is 36 times earnings yield, 1.4%. And look at the growth rate. Five-year increase in share price of 105%.
0: Boy. To a garbage company. 21% a year for a garbage company. That's just remarkable. Okay, last one on our list here, CGI.
1: Yeah, CGI, the symbol is GIB.A. They're a Canadian company, and uh, they are, what they do is they're information technology and consulting. And the problem is most people have, you know, if you're big business, you have a huge computer installation. And the problem is that technology changes, programs change, the stuff that you have is obsolete. Software programs, changes, yeah. It, your, your, your stuff doesn't talk to one another. You don't know going forward what you're going to need to maintain yourself and be competitive. Well, that's what CGI does. They, they are a technology consulting company. Their PE is 22. They don't have a yield right now, but their five-year growth rate is 75%. It has helped companies to be able to integrate all this technology together and make it work. And if you're especially a medium-sized company, uh, often you'll farm out these services because, uh, you know, you, you have a consulting team come in to fix a problem you have, and are you going to keep these guys around for another six months until something, another big project comes up? No, generally that, those kind of things you outsource. So you don't have to have that, that team that you're paying big dollars for just sitting around and uh, and filing your fingernails in between projects. So you use them when you need them. And CGI is just a maintenance company that does that.
0: All right. So investment considerations here. So we've, we've covered a sector that doesn't have a lot of glamour attached to it, but is an absolute necessity. So if you're doing your homework, how do you start on this one, Ron?
1: Well, first of all, this sector takes patient capital Gore. So if you have the attention span of a gerbil or a goldfish, (laughs) you probably want to look elsewhere, because these are generally not trading opportunities. Maintenance is consistent year-after-year stuff, and you want to buy these stocks, uh, make a list of them, And, uh, you know, the maintenance repair business is uh, the kind of business you want to look at. If you're a conservative investor who's looking for growth and some income, many of these stocks don't have huge dividends, but they increase them every year. So you make yourself a list of the favorites, and I've included some of them out there. And then just every once in a while, look at them. You'll find there's going to be an opportunity where they fall out of favor and they fall back and you get a chance to buy them. But these are sectors that, frankly, just conclusively prove that you don't have to buy cutting-edge technology stocks to get good returns in the market. Some of these companies have had absolutely jaw-dropping returns, and they're the most mundane businesses you could possibly imagine. So make a list of your favorites, and then, you know, everybody should have a maintenance stock or two in their portfolios at least. So make a list of them, watch them, and when something you like drops back, add it to your portfolio.
0: All right, some sage advice from the financial coach, Ron Hebert. Next time around on Making Money, a big chew. Uh, this might take us a couple of episodes, Ron. And, and you get a lot of questions about cycles in the market, right?
1: Lots of questions about uh, Kondratiev cycle. Of course, when the market crashed in 2007 to 2009, uh, Kondratiev's name is a Russian economist uh, was dragged up and, and people were saying how reliable these 60-year cycles are where it seems like every 50, 60 years, uh, we have a, a massive bubble and a crash. Well, we're going to be talking about that. We'll be talking about the gold cycle. We'll be talking about the interest rate cycle. We'll be talking about uh, uh, the technology cycle. We'll be talking about the uh, Halloween cycle. There's, We've got 17 different cycles we're going to look at, from everything from oil and gas to currencies and talk about, Some cycles are more predictable than others. Some of them you can use to to help you decide when you're going to buy and what you're going to buy. And we'll talk about commodity cycles. So if you're interested to see how cycles can help you to pick bottoms and tops of markets, uh, we're going to be looking at that. It's a big chew, so we're going to do two shows on it. We've got a lot of material. I've spent, uh, I've spent a couple weeks working on this, so I think there's lots of high-quality material that, that in, you'll be able to use to make you a better investor.
0: And I would I would suspect, knowing you as well as I do, you didn't include motorcycles in this one. But. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: didn't. Or, bicycles. or bicycles. Or tricycles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, back again next week with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, for another edition of Making Money. I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us.